21CL Radio. You're listening to the Run Your Life podcast with host Andy Vassar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my Run Your Life podcast. Uh, I'm sitting beside Jared Robinson. I've managed to pull him in, and we agreed that um, because he's so busy today, um, we're going to try to keep this in under 30 minutes because you've got other things to do. But thanks for being back on the show. Absolute pleasure to be back. When was that? When was that last uh, one? I think that was a year and a half ago. Time flies. Yeah, exactly. And we had so many technical glitches too with like internet and yeah. so on, but here we are face to face. Makes Live, it easier. And it's my favorite way to record. So I'm going to start off right away. Um, I guess just a little snapshot into who you are and the work that you do for those that um, are listening to you for the first time. Sure. So I guess initially I was probably known for technology and phys ed, carved out that pathway and helped tens of thousands of teachers yearly leverage technologies in their practice meaningfully and got to travel the planet and meet a lot of people in the phys ed world. And that has flown on to running conferences for the phys ed world. So it starts off very humbly as a teacher in a classroom doing some stuff with technology but you just take those little steps and eventually you're here in Dubai running a conference and I get to bring you in to, to share as well. It's, it's uh, an honor. Seriously, it's an honor to be here for a second year yeah, and, and to have the chance to speak and to share a message that I think is really important. And you've given me a platform to do that. You know, so the one thing I said to your mom today, I've been calling your mom Mama R <laughs> the last couple of days. But what I said to her is that we're both consultants. We both work in the same field and I've never looked at it. Maybe initially when I didn't know you as a competitor, yeah. you know, because you're consulting, I'm consulting, we're trying to tap into teachers. But over the years, it's really like we totally complement each other in the work that we do. So there is no competition whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I refer people to your work all the time and I know you do the same for me so um, I think that we really complement each other in that sense but in looking at your own learning over the last year okay how have you changed I would classify expert syndrome is you know probably a big thing that people suffer from and particularly people in the space when they start to become you know doing consultants and thought leading and it's pretty easy to put the expert hat on, isn't it? And think that, you know, you're the, the reason why that thing functions and exists. But I would say in the last year, um, my biggest insight has been that it's there's way more impact when you take a step away and you build up other people to to make those things happen. Um, and I, th- I think the, the reason I learned this and, well, it had to be forced down my throat for starters, you know, the best thing sometimes that has to happen, doesn't it? Yeah. It has to be shown, you know, light shone on you. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, someone pointed out that if, let's say, you had two people operating at 70% of your capacity, you think you're amazing, you think you're 100% of whatever that thing is that you're good at. Well, what does two people at 70% equal? It's like 100 and a lot more output. 40%. So if your goal and you believe in your message and you believe in what you're doing, it has to come. At some point, you have to step away from that. If your goal is to reach more people, have more impact, 
which it, it is for us. And in order to do that, it means I have to take more of a back seat, mm-hmm. uh, like the captain on the plane. Yeah. I don't think they fly the planes, do they? The, the first officer does. Yes. But they're there, they're sort of coordinating the pieces. So in the last year, that mindset shift away from expert syndrome to, well, who is actually out there doing just you know better things and how can we provide a space for them? And Very different to the first yeah. initial phase. Yeah, and, and that is uh, evident in the people that you brought in for the conference. And I think of the Adam Laveau's and... Um, even Neela, again, you're providing a platform for these people to share. Yeah, that's that's where we see ourselves now. And initially, you couldn't run a conference with the expert mindset that it all has to be you. I mean, there's one person, limited scope, limited hours, limited you know ability and, and capabilities. So the only real path is to step away from that expert mindset and find people. And, and you know, provide a space for them to j- gel together. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the old time uh, time machine question. So I'm gonna put you in a time machine right now and catapult you back to the first year teacher that you were sure. many years ago. Okay. So so we're gonna go back there. You step out of the time machine and you have one minute with yourself. Mm-hmm. What advice would you offer the first year teacher that you are, based on what you know now? <laughs> It's, I mean, just imagine that. That's a crazy concept. But yeah. um, no, I think it would be to continue to try and take risks. You know, I, I've always felt that there's, there's more room in that side of the puzzle mm-hmm. than trying to be safe. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people are afraid of failure and afraid of, you know, having things go wrong. And in my first six months of teaching, I was trying to find the model that I was looking at that other people had as their teaching model. Mm-hmm. I was pretty much copying that. Afraid of trying new things, afraid of doing things that might put me in a bad light in front of the group of kids. Mm-hmm. But I, I quickly learned that um, maybe you know two years into the fact, eventually that there was way more to be gained from trying new things and, and embracing, leaning into the failure rather than mm-hmm. leaning away from it. So if I, if I did come back, I'd probably tell myself that that's where the opportunity take, is. Take risks. Take more risks. Yeah. I mean, it makes you more human, I think. Mm-hmm. Students do it. They take risks. They make mistakes. But I don't know. Educators I see still struggle with that because they feel like they have to be the authority, the expert mm-hmm. on stage. And if there was a moment of failure, I think you'd be more human. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that's where the opportunity arises, I think. Yeah. So unpack risk a little more. So those teachers listening, give some examples of what taking risk actually looks like and, and how it can, uh, I guess, manifest itself in, in your PD program. What does yeah, that mean? Like? I mean, well, I, I guess it's not just assuming that everything has to be the same as it's always been. Yeah. That's a nice thing because we like to be comfortable and we like to be able to repeat the process. But... Not every group of kids is the same. Not every year and situation is the same. What works in your school might not work in mine. So I don't think there's prescriptive things. And um, as soon as we sort of have one experience, it's very easy to replicate it exactly the same. And all of a sudden, it just becomes lost and static. And and nothing is static. The only constant is change. So I just, that's my philosophy with everything. Like, you know, even this conference will evolve and has evolved this year and and it will evolve more so next year. Yeah. um, Because I just think it's, that's where the opportunity is. Yeah. So being being happy with that is 
the lesson, I think. Yeah, and it's kind of like that idea you've heard. I don't know the, the expression exactly, but, you know, you take a 20-year veteran. Are they just teaching this the same way 20 years in a row? Yeah. The same thing, day in and day out, same units, same assessments. They've learned nothing. Yeah. Or are you constantly changing and giving your permission, or giving yourself permission to change? And I think that was my message yesterday in my keynote, that every teacher is unique. And even though we have these great presenters here, I don't want teachers going to these presentations and, like you said, blindly taking everything yeah. and thinking it'll work because yeah. it won't. Yeah. Take the ideas that resonate because every teacher is unique. Like you said, their mm -hmm. space is different. Every year you have a different cohort of students. So I think that's a, an important message. But what is your, um, I guess if you look at connected PE and you can, you know, again, yesterday I talked about you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. <laughs> you have to believe in what you're doing in order to do the best work. Mm -hmm. And then the dots will connect. But what's your long-term vision for connected PE? Well, I, I get a lot of inspiration from other industries at the, at the present if you look around the planet at the moment, lots of things that were once products are now services. So we used to go and buy DVDs and watch those as a product. Now what do we do? Eight, uh, VHS <laughs> exactly. Products. But now the, the, the norm is sort of like this service state where it's Netflix. You, know, mm -hmm. you access it. So products have become services and, and we access services. So mm -hmm. that's the shift that's happening right now. Like it's very apparent. Hey, your mom, mama art's coming in. Come on in, mama. Come on in. Say hi. We're, out, we're doing a podcast. It's okay. Say hi to hi, the audience. Everybody, Jared's mom is in the house. What? Come on. Come on. I want, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay, you're in the hot seat now. Okay, mama art <laughs> is going to offer our listeners one piece of advice about life. Enjoy it. Do you want to articulate? Want to Take the most of every opportunity that comes your way and go for it. That's, that's, that's the reason you're here, yeah? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a message for your son right now? Go ahead. No. He's doing a wonderful job. Yes, he is. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that guest appearance. Guest Bye. appearance. Okay. That's okay. But yeah, Perfect. I mean, products become services. Yeah. So what does the economy look like for a conference when it's service orientated, not product orientated. And what I would ideally like to do is transition it away from this traditional view of conferences, which is you buy a ticket and that's sort of that experience and that's it to a, an ongoing service that is accessible. An ongoing experience. Ongoing experience. Cause most conference models these days don't really appeal to me. They're, they're going in the opposite direction. They keep getting more expensive Mm -hmm. They keep getting more out of the reach of people with less budgets and less, you know, mm -hmm. ability to do that. So what we're trying to do, and I think we're on the right path because it's already working, is we're flipping it completely and we're trying to make it more affordable by making it service orientated across the course of an entire year. Yeah. So you're not just paying for a ticket. I'm using economies of scale to have a membership access for the entire year. Right. And the membership gives me the the runway to make this thing cheap and affordable. Yeah. yeah. And that's where the opportunity will be. We'll be able to provide virtually free events globally. Yeah. So you mentioned that today at the beginning. So tell people uh, listening about your three month, um, you know, what you explained to the audience today. So, yeah, I mean, we did, we have a members community for connected PE and that, that has approaching a thousand members globally. 
Anyone can go and join. ConnectedPE.com. Yeah, ConnectedPE.com. They can find out more about it. And it just gives you a front row seat to all the stuff that we do, conferences, online conferences. And because of the community, we build up enough opportunity to be able to make uh, these things more affordable. Mm -hmm. And as that economy grows, then you can literally make the conference free. Yeah. While all the other conferences in the world are doing the opposite. They're making their tickets more expensive. Yeah. Because they haven't got a model that works in today's landscape and the landscape is shifting and we're hoping to be at the forefront of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's your, if we had to look at, I guess there's a lot of rewards, like, uh, personal satisfaction rewards that come with the work that you do. Mm -hmm. But what is most rewarding to you now when you walk away? I was thinking today, these things are so amazing. And then suddenly they're, you know, everybody goes back to their homes and I don't see you, you again for who knows how long. I don't see Adam. You know, you really start reflecting on the relationships that, that you form as a result of these experiences. But what's most rewarding to you now about the work that you do? I guess if you get an option to see people who maybe presented last year on their own terms and then this year they're presenting as an invited speaker and... Mm -hmm. Um, that's pretty rewarding and, and seeing other people go away and blossom and then, you know, be doing things on their own in other spaces. So like Dan Popescu, yeah, it's you know, he's, he's taken this road quite rapidly yeah. and, and, you know, he's learning along the way. And I think that's, that's the most rewarding thing. If we have a tiny role to play in architecting that, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And from, you know, a personal level, it's just great to, to see that people can come together and make things happen. Yeah. You know, from, Wherever they live, whatever their backgrounds are, you know, it's all possible because people share a vision and, and we've got these available tools and the internet now to make that possible. Um, you know, just it's crazy that we live in Australia, but we're able to organize a global conference yeah. without leaving necessarily the lounge room when it's time to run the conference. That's when it happens. And yeah, that's, that's personally rewarding to be able to use those tools effectively. Yeah. And it's really about empowerment, right? So. You look at the, the different growth models of, of uh, teacher development, and we have a, a, a company called Interlead. They're out of New Zealand, and they uh, consult for our school, and they bring in a lot of research. And it's that idea of the slow, gradual improvement over mm -hmm. your teaching career as opposed to that spike. Yeah. And we want to create that spike. And the way you create that spike is self-directed learning and empowerment. Yeah. And when you create those conditions for presenters to come here and flourish, they gain so much motivation and uh, I guess they gain so much confidence in themselves. It inspires them, it motivates them, and they truly feel their impact. Yeah, you know? it, I think it absolutely, because yeah. it, it's the same thing that happened for me. I remember my first presentation I did. I just put my hand up to do it in Melbourne. Didn't really know what I was doing. Pretty nervous. Yeah. You can probably remember the similar similar yeah, totally. feelings, and you know, is it going to be worthwhile? Is it going to be good? And and then you know, it, it flows on from there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're taking sessions and you're seeing people enjoying that stuff and having an impact. And so, I, yeah, I believe in that process. Yeah, for I believe sure. in it for sure. Yeah, my uh, my PE team from from Coast is here, and it, I was so proud of them yesterday. Mm -hmm seeing them present. We've got Zach from uh, the Coast School who's going to present today, but they're doing great things, and it's kind of like come on, you got to present your stuff, man. And, mm -hmm. and it's not that they don't want to, they oftentimes, and I'm not talking just these, the teachers from Coast, but oftentimes PE teachers or teachers in general think, well, what do I have to share? 
plenty. You have, you have everything to share. Yeah. You know, and that's what it's about. And I think of Andy Dutton, who's mm -hmm. now, you know, Andy, mm -hmm. right? Who's in uh, Bucharest now. And I mean, he's has had such an amazing journey. And uh, he came in to present with uh, Neil and I in Bucharest last year. He's coming in uh, to Poland uh, next year to present. But he often talks about, you know, the work that you've done and, and you know, just has really propelled him on his journey as well. You know, so uh, I'm going to, for the sake of time here, I'm going to transition into the speed round. Okay. You ready for the speed round? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the speed round, four questions I'm going to ask you. You answer them briefly, giving no extra details. Then you're going to leave the audience with one last piece of advice related to the, the question that resonated the most with you. Sure. I know you're going to be back on the show for a part three, part four in the future. So we'll wrap up with the speed round uh, for the sake of time because I know you've got a lot to do. The best book. Ready for the speed round? Yeah. Ding, ding. The best book you've ever read outside the world of education that applies back to the work that you do in education. Bold. Bold? Bold. By? B-O-L-D by Peter Diamandis. Okay, excellent. Who's been on the Tim Ferriss show? Yeah. 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 Uh, number two, the greatest lesson your parents ever taught you? Be a good person. Pretty simple message, but, you know, that's... We sort of probably learned that, you know, being a good person is at the heart of everything that's ever led to anything positive for us. Yeah. Number three, complete the sentence, my biggest fear is? Spiders. Okay. <laughs> and, and number four, and you've got some mean looking ones in Australia. <laughs> um, and number four, if somebody was to write a book about your career at the end of your career, what would the title of the book be? Ooh, now you've stumped me. Is that the title? <laughs> I, I think there's failure and I would embrace that word as, as a word that so I actually... it would be in capitals. Yeah, okay. failure. Excellent. Okay, now looking at those four questions, so the best book, um, best lesson your parents ever taught you, your biggest fear, and the title of your book, uh, speak to one of those areas that resonates the most and leave people with one last bit of advice. I think Bold as a book, if, you, if I looked at it and I, got, I first heard that author from the Tim Ferriss podcast, which led me down the path of reading that book. But it's an, it's, it is pretty much, in many ways, what led to this model that the conference has now and, um, and just understanding where the world is headed, where society is headed for good, bad, whatever. It's sort of not unavoidable. Mm -hmm. But how can you navigate that? How can you use it to people's advantage to you know, create impact? Mm -hmm. And that's what we hope to do. So it's almost like a playbook for the upcoming 10 20 years and the, the real reason is bold it's um, you know impacting the world yeah in whatever that may be big or small how, what, what's the landscape like and how can you make that possible right fascinating excellent um, and where can people find you Jared they can find me at connectedpe.com and also at thepeageek.com okay Excellent. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time, man. Oh, thanks great. again for the invite to be here. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you come back to listen to future episodes. Thanks for listening to the Run Your Life podcast by Andy Bassett. To check out show notes, get some more information about Andy as well as his guests, head to our website, 21clradio.com.